You're listening to episode 218 of the Mad Chatters podcast, April 3rd, 2019. Most everyone's mad here. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of the Mad Chatters podcast, your very important date with the happenings at Walt Disney World and around the Disney universe. My name is Derek, and I'm joined by my fellow Mad Chatter and host, Jeremy. Hey, I am still un poco loco. Mm. A little bit later on this week's show, we're going to bring back one of our favorite segments, the Mad Q Party. But before we get to that, we're going to do a roundup of some of the biggest news and happenings at the parks. Some of this is actually kind of old news, but Jeremy and I have not had a chance to discuss some of the things that are coming to Disney World and some of the things that are brand new at Walt Disney World. So we're going to do that now. And I'm going to start with an announcement that is probably the oldest of the ones we're going to talk about, but Epcot recently announced some things that are changing at the park. It's no secret that the park is going through some big changes soon. But the biggest one to me is that the Wonders of Life Pavilion, which has been closed for a very long time, is going to be known as the Play Pavilion moving forward. Uh, Do you want me to read this uh, from the Disney Parks blog? This says, built on the power of play. Who would have thought? The new Play Pavilion will introduce an immersive and interactive, quote, city. The city will be bursting with interactive experiences, your favorite Disney characters, hands-on activities, and engaging entertainment. No being shrunk down at all in this? (laughs) (laughs) No promises. No promises. Yeah, you know, this is interesting because throughout the years, there's always been those different rumors about the uh, Wonders of Life Pavilion as far as can it be used is it condemned because it's on a sinkhole like all these like random things and then it kind of became like this perennial um place for festivals to throw excess stuff there you know so you would go there during flower and garden to see like a how to pot a plant or you know you go food and wine for a a wine tasting or something so it's kind of cool to see it getting like life again (laughs) in Ah. a sense since it is the wonders of life um, I don't know if this is the right answer, but it's an answer. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. I am. I mean, it's been nothing for years, so surely something is better than nothing. That is my philosophy on Walt Disney World in general. I would rather something be there than nothing. And I'll even take something kind of kind of not geared towards me, because that means it frees up space for stuff that is in my wheelhouse. Yeah, and it, and it pulls people towards it and away from the things i care about (laughs) exactly that's my yeah more children that are on the playground or in the play place or whatever it is uh that means they're not in line for test track yeah so the concept art they showed reminded me so much of the scenes from ralph breaks the internet where it looks very digitally like you're walking into some sort of I don't know, like internet world almost with the screens all around and the high techness of it all. And it's all very blue, like a bluish tint to it all, 
Which to me is the opposite of what the Wonders of Life Pavilion is now. Like I always feel like I'm walking into a library when I'm walking into Wonders of Life because no one's really talking. And you kind of walk around, you're like, I've seen all I need to see. And then you walk back out. Oh. See, I get, I get like mid-90s mall vibe when I go in there with like <laughs> oh that gosh. indoor plants and like the skylights, you know, feel. Totally. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so not a lot of details, but certainly a lot of things to experience inside this pavilion once it opens. It's just another, you know, notch in the belt of the ever-evolving Epcot, which we are in the midst of seeing evolve. So, more power to them. Yeah, well, speaking of, something else is coming to Epcot on the other side of Future World. And it's in the Land Pavilion. And it is going to be called Awesome Planet. It is a film that will take the place of the former attraction... Um, Circle of Life, an environmental fable. That was always in that theater on the second floor of the Land Pavilion. And now this new film, Awesome Planet, uh, it's, quote, an on-screen exploration of the realm we call home. It showcases, showcases the spectacular beauty, diversity, and dynamic story of our Earth. Uh, it will include spectacular nature photography, Immersive in-theater effects. Ooh, Circle of Life didn't have this. And space sequences? I don't know what that means. I don't know either. Space sequences created by none other than Industrial Light and Magic, which provided the cinematic foundation for the Star Wars franchise. Huh. Hmm. Uh, well, you know, I have a special place in my heart for um, Circle of Life. I miss it. I think it was, you know, charming. I get why, you know, it's gone. It's not, it, it's not a, it's not a sword I'm willing to fall on, a mound I'm willing to die on, if you would. But um, I do think it's kind of weird that we call it Awesome Planet, like such a weird name. It's so basic. <laughs> and the poster for it actually was kind of basic too. Like no offense to the designer, but I mean, it looks like a Na National Geographic documentary based on the poster. Oh, yeah. I imagine these will be recycled clips from, like, Earth or whatever that was. Remember some years ago, the big BBC documentary yeah. that was on Discovery? Planet Earth. But I'm fine with that. You know, the land pavilion needs that kind of a thing. Sure. I expect a rousing um, emotional musical score. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> I mean, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> like we've come to expect from things like Soren and Illuminations. Who knows? Maybe, uh, maybe old Michael Giancanito or whatever his name is is uh, working <laughs> on something right now. Maybe so. Uh, the this uh, the Disney Parks blog post said that the new films herald a bold new era for a theme park that is distinctly Disney. And of course, it's talking about the new updates to Canada, the Beauty and the Beast sing along, and the updates to the China film. So they're so proud of all these new films. I wish they'd be a little prouder and do something with the Pixar Fest film or whatever that oh, is. So the... I forget about that, yeah. The one theater that actually has, like, in-theater effects. Yeah, I'm kind of curious what these 3D effects, or not 3D, but experiences. What was the exact phrasing in that? Space sequences. No, no, no. The, the, the... As well as immersive in-theater effects. Okay, yeah, I wonder what that's going to be. Like, are, are we going to smell the skunk? I mean, what's going on? Oh, it's going to be like 
projected just like star shapes on the sides that like move around in spiral patterns. Yeah, it's gonna be projectile vomit. That's what's gonna be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I hope not. Anyway, so that's the new stuff coming to Epcot. There's a little piece of news about Magic Kingdom that I wanted to talk about because you and I have, I feel like on this show we've mentioned the pathway before that leads from Sleepy Hollow in Liberty Square back to Fantasyland. It is that narrow, narrow winding pathway that really, if you have a stroller, no one's getting past you or around you just because it's that narrow. And they are finally widening that pathway they've drained the whole moat in preparation for it and they're currently doing work on that narrow pathway to finally make it walkable for two ways will you will you not just indulge me for just a second why i do a little brag um so for the last like a month and a half to two months i've made some major life changes one of which is being uh i have changed my my eating and my diet and um Again, just indulge me as I brag for just a moment. I've lost almost 20 pounds, like really, just by changing my diet. That's awesome. Thank you. I'm finally back to being thin enough that I can walk on this path, and then they go ahead and expand it. So whatever. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, that was such a buildup. <laughs> but it is true. I did. I have. I have lost. I got about 10 more pounds, and I'll be happy about it too. Yeah, it's exciting. Thank you. No, I think this is a, a, a problem that's been in the Magic Kingdom particularly for a while and i'm glad they're kind of addressing this because there are so many places that have bottlenecks in that park and especially during a parade or during the fireworks or during the castle stage show when you have when you have very limited walk space and available to you this is much needed yeah i agree next should be that little pathway by haunted mansion but right by liberty square riverboat awful yeah Awful. I almost saw a fight break out there one time because this lady was like, I'm trying to get through. And this other lady turned around and said, we are all trying to get through. I was like, Ooh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> OK, uh, so speaking of Magic Kingdom out front, if you've ever walked from Disney's Contemporary Resort to Magic Kingdom or if you've ever kind of noticed these, I think they're over at the TTC as well. There are these walk around the world bricks and they're those he- hexagonal shaped bricks that have people's names on them and the year when the people paid money to have those bricks, like, I don't know, donated to them or honoring them, I guess. And uh, it looks like these bricks are leaving. So they've been around for, I don't know, a couple decades. They were supposed to be displayed until 2011. And now Disney has said that all of the parks are really going to transform the entrance experience. And taking away these bricks is going to be one of those ways they do it. That is so weird to me. I I didn't realize that they were conditional as well. I thought they were supposed to be there for forever. So it's good to know that Disney isn't like, you know, reneging on something that they (laughs) they promised. You know, leave a legacy. Uh, The legacy is uh, has some terms and conditions to it, I guess. But um, no, I mean, again, this is not something that bothered me. I guess it would bother me like. If I were to purchase a brick in honor of a loved one who passed away and we shared a mutual love for the parks, so this was my little tribute to them, and then all of a sudden it was getting, you know, thrown away. But again, if you went into it knowing that they were temporary to begin with, then, you know, get over it. 
Yeah, I think I think the reason I wanted to bring this up is because it's a, it's part of a bigger story about all of the entrances changing. I think Magic Kingdom, now that they've switched security to the TTC, is the most efficient entrance of all of them. So I'm kind of curious why now they're going to rip everything up. Yeah, and what does that mean? We're going to enhance the experience. Like no one, no one goes for the experience of getting into the park. True, true. And what are they going to replace it with? I mean, carpet, <laughs> you know, like some sort of bioluminescent <laughs> ground. I don't know. Yeah, we saw how well that works in uh, yeah Pandora. So let's not. <laughs> yeah, but speaking of entrances, I mean, this is the fourth park now because Epcot announced that the Leave a Legacy plaques are leaving. And it's going to be more like landscaping in that area. Uh, Hollywood Studios has transformed now with the the brand new bus loops have opened up. And of course, the, the Skyliner is going to have a stop there. I, I saw a rumor recently, or maybe it was a permit that was filed, showing that the bag check at Animal Kingdom is now going to be farther away from the entrance. It's going to be where the tram used to drop off people. Oh. Which means the whole open esplanade in front of the entrance will be more open which is nice i like that i like that it's a little congested there sometimes so that's nice i agree yeah they always have the extra like you know fold up card tables on the ends for extra bag checks just because there's not enough yeah and then you know once you kind of get through it and you feel like you can take a breath then it's congested again right there at the turnstiles so yeah so we'll see they're they're certainly making some big changes Uh, Speaking of big changes, the last piece of news, this was something that was talked about a lot online this week. Some new guidelines revolving around strollers and smoking. And it all starts on May 1st. They're going to enforce stroller sizes. Can't be wider than 31 inches or longer than 52 inches. And smoking will no longer be permitted inside any of the Disney parks. So if you have a toddler who, who smokes a pack a day, you are in trouble. <laughs> true. No, here's the thing. Everybody lost their minds in some way on this. And uh, personally, I don't have a problem with either of it. You know, like one, I mean, smoking, smoking is smoking. And, you know, God bless America. You can smoke if you want. You have the right to kill yourself in this country slowly if you choose. And and, and, and I think all the research in the world says don't even start. And yet people are still smoking these days. So whatever. But that being said, Walt Disney World also has the right to say this is private property. And if we don't want people smoking inside of these parks, we have that right. So you have the right not to go there. Yeah. Um, I guess I didn't really have an opinion on it, but I'm not surprised that they finally reached this point. Yeah, I saw some people taking offense to it as like a, you know, an attack, if you would, on, on people's addiction. And is smoking an addiction? Sure. But uh, again, I, I think that if you really are offended by this, then save your money or go somewhere else. Uh, you have that right. There's no There's no guarantee that you can, you know, go to Walt Disney World. It's a, it's a privilege. Yeah, I mean, I definitely... I mean, I'm not a smoker, so obviously I can't put myself in their shoes, but the word offended is strong. I mean, this is not a personal attack. I don't know how you can live in America for the last 10 years and not see that this has been the trend lately to allow smoking in fewer and fewer places. Yeah. Are you, you're just a year younger than me, right? A year yeah. or two? Yeah, a year or two. 
So I'm I can still remember as a kid going to like your local Pizza Hut. And when you walked in, it's one giant room and they're like smoking or non-smoking. And you'd say non-smoking, but that just meant that you were 20 feet away from people who are actually smoking with no divider at all. Oh man, I haven't thought about that in forever, but I remember a specific experience. I think it was at Olive Garden where the we were, our booths were basically connected to each other, but there was one of those short walls where you could still see over it, you know? And I <laughs> yeah. swear the person would inhale and then like blow the smoke over the wall onto <laughs> us. And it was like, this is not the non-smoking section. <laughs> so we've come a long way in uh, 20 something years. Yeah, it's true. So if you love going to Walt Disney World and lighting up. Do it before May 1st. If, if that just like makes your day, then you have one more month to do it. You know what I love to do? And only at Walt Disney World, I rip the filters off of my cigarettes and just get the pure tobacco just down in my lungs. Mm. Yep. Yep. It's a real treat. All right, so that is the stuff that is coming soon. But as we wrap up this section, let's talk about some things that are brand new. One of those just opened today as we are recording this. And Jeremy got to experience it. So I want to hear all about Lightning McQueen's Racing Academy at Disney's Hollywood Studios. Oh, yeah, it's there. Um, so <laughs> to, to get there, you, um, you it's right next to Rock and Roller Coaster. So... As you are like looking at the entrance to Rock and Roller Coaster to get into the queue, there's like this massive gate that's kind of behind behind the entranceways, and uh, that gate opens now and it leads to Sun Sunset Showcase. Is that the name of that building? Yeah, back I think there? you're right. Yeah, yeah. Now I remember this area because there there was a time when they would put a massive tent over there during Star Wars weekends, and that's where they sold the merchandise. I had no idea that this Sunset Showcase thing had been built there. I did not know this this existed, but it does. So you walk through, and there's a little courtyard, and uh, there is where um, Cruz, I can't think of her last name. Ramirez. Ramirez. Cruz Ramirez is there under a tent, as well as DJ whatever his name is, oh, the car. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and DJ, whatever his name is, is blasting some some bops, as the kids are saying these days. He's just jamming out. Um, and then you can actually take your picture with, with both of them. Um, there is a Disney photo pass with Cruz, but not with the DJ. But the thing that troubles me is there is no animation to these uh, characters at all. They are stagnant. No eye movement, no... I mean, because if I remember correctly, even the old like Lightning McQueen and Maters, like they would like move their eyeballs yeah. back and forth. Um, but nope, they just kind of sit there like statues. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! And uh, you know, and and rock out. So then um, you get in the queue, and they uh, open the doors, and you walk in, and it's just one giant room with like uh, bleacher benches. But they're not like bleacher seating, if that makes any sense. They're just all in the, in the floor. Okay, not stadium seating. Thank you. Yeah, that's what I was trying to say. And the show is basically like, oh, we welcome you to Lightning McQueen's uh, Racing Academy. And he comes out. You know, he's behind this little structure in the center there. I thought the animatronic looked good until I realized it wasn't an animatronic, per se. Because instead of the, having like a, a mouth that moves... It's just projected on. Okay. 
That's fine. I don't know. I find that kind of disappointing. I thought it was kind of cheap. Yeah, I'm trying to remember how Radiator Springs Racers does it. I think they're actual, like, moving parts. I think you're right. But uh, the whole thing is, you know, oh, we're we're junior racers or whatever, and Lightning McQueen's going to show us how to race on a simulator that he has there. So it has kind of like a circle vision sort of feel, except only half of that. So half a circle vision, if that makes any sense. And uh, so it kind of gives you the the view that you are doing the simulator as Lightning is is driving, and then the simulator gets hacked. Spoilers here if you if you sorry fast forward if you don't want it spoiled. Uh, but it's been hacked by um, this is an odd choice as well. This it was hacked by the bad guy in the first one, not the bad guy, but the the you know how in the first film there's three of them that tie for the Piston Cup. It's Lightning McQueen, and then it's um, you know, and it's, uh, <laughs> oh, gosh, I'm blanking so bad. Hold on, let me let me. Yeah, we we both grabbed our phones at the same time here to Google Cars. It's been a while. This is terrible. I haven't seen Cars in so long. But is this the um, like the green one who? Yes, was arrogant. Chick Hicks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one that hacks. But then there's a third one that ties with them, though. Remember, um. I don't know. The King? Yeah, that's it. The King, because he's retiring. Anyway, so Chick Hicks was the one in the first one that was like made fun of Lightning and he tried to get the. He ended up winning, right? At the one point because Lightning quits and helps out. Anyways, I'm. <laughs> How do I not remember <laughs> this movie at all? Uh, yeah, it's been a while. Anyways, so Chick Hicks has hacked the, stimu- the simulator because. Um, he's a jerk. I don't know why. And uh, basically, he wants to race Lightning McQueen in the simulator. But Lightning then gets help from his friends as we go. And the moral of the story is life is better with friends. And that's about it. Okay, how long are we talking? Maybe 10 minutes at the most. Oh. Like, it's not long at all. It's just like that, that Captain Jack thing we talked about. Was that last show? The little, like simulator um project not projectile projection uh, thing <laughs> yeah, yeah it's very similar okay it has that feel where you're like oh this is this is a show this is this exists and then you leave did people seem to like it oh crowd ate it up at least in the one i saw i mean there was children they were clapping they were hooting and hollering they were kachowing like it was it was a it was a, a good time it's something that I will probably never do again unless I'm with somebody that specifically really wants to go see it. But uh, I'm glad it exists. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's reminding me of the Wonders of Life Pavilion thing. There was nothing in that building, and now there is something. Now there is something. And uh, odd choice for it being cars. The only thing I don't like is that they have Lightning McQueen um, like banners on some of the light poles as you are going down Sunset Boulevard. And it really kind of ruins that, you know, 1930s feel as you go through there, especially more towards the uh, Tower of Terror. Yeah, I mean, Sunset Boulevard nowadays is just like a mishmash of who knows what. Yeah. Okay, so I saw the pictures of the outside of the building. And back when it had, it used to have that club villain thing for a very, very short time. I gotta say, I don't love the signage for Lightning McQueen's Racing Academy because the building looks exactly the same, except they've added the Lightning McQueen 
logo, like way up high, and it's not all that big either. Yeah, no, it's. Uh, I mean, I don't dislike the signage. It's it's what I expected it to be. It's very cars ish. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I don't mean the design of the sign. I just mean that the building looks exactly the same with the sign slapped on it. Oh, so yeah. So yeah. you could take down that sign and it would just be a nondescript warehouse. Yeah. And I don't think a lot of guests know it's back there because, like I said, it was very uh, sparse as far as the crowds go. Um, but the ones who were there enjoyed it. Wait, so people didn't rope drop this brand new attraction? <laughs> Believe it or not. Wow. All right. Okay. Well, the only other thing that's new that we have to talk about, we've been waiting for months. And finally, this Friday, Tim Burton's Dumbo released in theaters. And I want to know what you think of it. Yeah, I went and saw it last night. You saw it as well, correct? Yes. All right. So let me just preface this by saying we may say some spoilers. So if you don't want to hear it yet, you know, fast forward. But it's Wednesday. You had all weekend. What are you doing? Uh, Anyways, um, didn't love it. I'm really sad. Jeremy, I thought you were going to come rave about it. I know. I wanted to so bad. Here's my thing. Um, It just never reached a level across the board that I wanted it to get to. Like, I could forgive some sins, but when they all fall short, it's just like, come on. Because the acting to me, so much was left to be desired there. The emotion of the story was lacking. Like, I just never felt connected to any of the characters. I'm so with you. I, And I, I can't tell what the problem is. Like, I know the script was bad in many parts. And then you're right. Some of these performances of even, like, the well... Like, the, the good actors, the people who have been doing this for years, they weren't that great. And I'm like, was it the script that was bringing them down or with the, the, the direction? I don't know, but all of this combined is why I think the emotion was not there. Like these moments that should be high emotional points, they just like breezed right past him. Yeah. And like, well, let me just say it started with me when the dad comes back from war and he's got his arm blown off somehow, or it's been taken off. And you think that's going to be like a pivotal part of the story <laughs> and it's not at all. Oh my like, gosh. I was expecting this to come back, you know, like this is going to haunt him or this is going to make him connect to the other quote unquote freaks that are in the circus or what. And like, they barely touch on it afterwards. And then the kids are kind of like, not okay with it. And you're like, Oh, this is going to be, you know, a, a symbol of their relationship. And then all of a sudden, they never talk about it. They're cool with it. It was just so weird. <laughs> You're so right. Um, the one thing that bugged me was when Dumbo first flies or even a little bit later when he first flies while someone's riding him. Th- those should be like triumphant moments where you've been yes. waiting and you've seen him fail so many times. But it's all, just sudden, it's all of a sudden just like, oh, Dumbo flies. Oh, by the way, he can fly with people on his back. Yes. It's like, oh my gosh, there's no buildup at all. Totally agree. And when I saw the little preview at Hollywood Studios, that's the scene is when he first flies in the audience. And it was in the back of my mind. I'm like, the audience doesn't react to this like I thought they should react. Because if I'm at a circus and all of a sudden the Dumbo, you know, the elephant starts flying over my head, I'm not just going to sit there in my chair and go, 
ooh, I'm going to be like, holy shnikes, right. what is going on? Literally no <laughs> elephant in the history of this planet has ever done that. Like, this is a big deal. Yeah. But everybody's just so casual about it. And then even the people in the circus are like, oh, did you know he knew he did that? You should listen to your kids more. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa that is not the appropriate reaction. <laughs> I know. That's the thing. Like, no one was acting like a normal person the entire movie. Yeah. Even the bad guy. This is kind of a big spoiler. But when he really reveals himself as a bad guy, it's because he won't lay down nets under the performer when she first flies on Dumbo. And I'm like, there's no good reason why you wouldn't have nets. I mean, do you want her to die? Like, give me a good reason of why you're not putting out the nets and then I'll believe it. But I'm like, that's just, that's just a villain for the sake of being a villain. Yeah, it was, it was, it was strange. It was a movie that I'm glad I saw. They tried. I don't ever really care to see it again. Um, One scene though, that I think they did decent, but I still would love it to go a little further. And that was the baby mind scene. And I like how they incorporated the 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 one circus performer singing with the, like the little ukulele. Yes. That was good. That that was good. But the flip side of that is the pink elephants on parade was so weird and so and I'm like th- this is where Tim Burton should shine. This should be like the most Tim Burton-esque thing I've ever seen. Like let's get Dumble tripping. And let's see some weird stuff. And it was just like, it was weird, but not in the Tim Burton way I wanted it to be weird. I leaned over during that scene and said to my friend, what a bait and switch from the trailer. Because you see that brief glimpse of the pink elephant in the trailer and you're like, oh my gosh, they're including the pink elephants on parade scene. But it's not that at all. It's just like a nod to pink elephants. Yeah. And then they keep flashing the Dumbo during that whole scene. And I'm like... Oh, he's getting freaked out. Oh no, he's enjoying it. Oh no, is he? Is he getting emotional? Is he what? I don't understand how Dumbo's supposed to be reacting to this. Like it was just so. Uh, it was so weird. I'm gonna say one more negative thing before I actually get to a few positives. My negative thing is it really, really missed its Timothy Q. Mouse character. Like, imagine the movie Dumbo, the 1941 movie, without Timothy Q. Mouse. It would be like you're watching Eeyore the whole time. Like, he's depressed because his mom died. He's kind of dumb because he was just born and he doesn't know how to live in the world. If that whole movie... (laughs) Yeah, take that, you dumb infants. (laughs) No, well, I just mean, like, he's very naive about a lot of things. And if you watch that whole movie without Timothy Q. Mouse's energy and wisdom, like, it would be kind of a lame movie. And I feel like this movie really needed that character, that spark. And the kids weren't bringing it at all. No. No, those children were terrible. And and I get it, like, she was supposed to be, like, the nerdy scientist. But if you're going to have one of the children be super dry, then you got to have the other child making up for that. And if you're going to have a straight man, you got to have a comic. And there was no comic. It was brutal. But my positive thing, I do actually think the little tributes it paid to the original movie were nice. Like, I... When I come into these live-action movies, I have zero expectations. If it wants to make a 100% exact carbon copy, that's fine. If it wants to have absolutely no nods and be its own thing, that's fine. It just needs to be a good movie, you know? I actually liked, like, the the Pink Elephants. I actually liked that at least it was a nod to Pink Elephants. 
Um, I liked uh, when he was sort of singing when I or when I see an elephant fly, whatever that song is. Like he was sort of speaking the words of the song, but as a ringmaster would do. My absolute favorite part of the movie was the very, very beginning where it showed the train. And Danny Elfin's score was Casey Jr., the song, and it showed, like, snippets of a map as you see the train traveling across America. Like, I, I was all smiles during that opening scene, and I had yeah. really high hopes for the movie at that point. Because it was just a great nod to the original while still being its own. Can I tell you, I forgot to mention this, this part, I almost walked out the theater. What was Michael Buffer doing in this movie? Wait, who's that? So when they go to Dreamland and he gets introduced, that's the, let's get ready to rumble. Like, that's really him. Oh, that line. And he says, let's get ready to Dumbo. I was like, this is, this is obscene. This is ridiculous. This is the stupidest thing. Not only have you like just taken me out of the movie, you put in this weird pop culture nod that has no relevance and no necessity to this entire film. Like that was, I just thought who made that choice? Yeah. (laughs) Two two of my biggest eye rolls or laughs was that the let's get ready to Dumbo. And then near the end when things are starting to go crazy and you're up in the electricity tower and Michael Keaton is doing what he's doing. No spoilers. And one of the guys who's working in the tower is like, but sir, if you blah blah blah, there will be a da da da. I was like, that was the worst line reading I've ever seen. Yeah. Or my favorite was when same kind of situation, and Dumbo is up there like causing havoc, and they're like, "Stop him!" And they're like, "No, we can't." I'm like, <laughs> "Why can't you? <laughs> like, like you can at least try." <laughs> there were so many whys in this movie. I was like, "What you're doing makes no sense." But I will say, I liked the idea. I liked the idea of the reworking that the plot line being Dumbo wants to be reunited with his mother. Because that's not in the original film. Like, once Mrs. Jumbo's gone, like, she's gone. Right. Um, so I love the idea of, like, hey, here's a fresh take on Dumbo, and we're going to make his, you know, driving motivation be reunited with his mother and i like the idea that they're together somewhere in africa you know just hanging out now again spoiler so wow you haven't seen <laughs> big but, spoiler but there was just so many flaws with this film like i just and and it's not like it's tim burton's first time like this is not his directorial debut like he knows better yeah i don't get it it was all style over substance you know, it looked beautiful in so many parts, but yeah. then there was no heart. There was no good writing. I, I don't know. It really is the same as uh, Greatest Showman. Like it suffers the same flaws. I don't know if it's just circus movies that in the 1920s that can't hang, but whatever reason, they seem to be uh, suffering. I thought the same thing after the Greatest Showman. I remember saying I couldn't tell you a single character's name. I can only tell you two characters' names in Dumbo. That's Dumbo. <laughs> and Holt, only because at least 20 times he said, call me Holt. <laughs> That's the only reason I know his name. <laughs> the name's Holt. Yeah. It's, uh, wow. And that was the one live action I was really looking forward to. But, uh. Gosh, those trailers, they killed it with those trailers. Yeah. In a good way. Not like yeah. they killed the movie. We'll see. Maybe Aladdin will surprise me. 
Did you get a trailer of it before Dumbo? We did. We did. I um cautiously optimistic now. Yeah. I don't know if I'm sold on the guy playing Aladdin. He feels a little wooden to me, but that new trailer is pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, I'm also like skeptical of Jafar because I feel like I'm not getting very very good Jafar vibes. Yeah. His voice, when you hear the trailer, his voice is higher than Aladdin's. Yeah, I'm hoping that's part of the plot for some reason. <laughs> like, I'm hoping he's putting on a front or something. I don't know. And he's like, you know, you know how Jafar does like the little costumes throughout the the animated film? Like, he's the old man, in you the know. Jail. Tries, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. So I'm hoping maybe he's like, hey, I'm going to pretend to be this guy. But I will destroy you. <laughs> We'll see, though. I'm, I'm not as freaked out about Will Smith as the genie now. Now that I've kind of seen some more context, um, that he's not just this, like, blue man group looking thing running around. Um, but again, we'll see. And there's a little bit of there's a little bit in the trailer that makes me think that they're going some direction with the character, like bringing some depth to the character and like some life lessons along the way with his wishes that I think I'm going to enjoy as well. Yeah. We'll see, just a couple more months. Well, Derek, are your allergies acting up or is it just me? I think it's because of all the dust on this old segment we're about to pull out of the archives. And that's because it's called... Did that really just happen? Curiouser and curiouser. Very nice. <laughs> we haven't done this in forever, but I like it. That is true. So um, this segment is basically where we just uh, pull an experience that we've had at a Disney park that we just cannot believe uh, was real life. And sometimes it's because it's of fellow guests. Sometimes it's because of an attraction or a cast member. Just obnoxious human ha- human behavior in a theme park uh and we just talk about it here so mine actually took place in a parking lot <laughs> this past week and as soon as it happened i immediately sent a message to derek and was like we have to do this segment because i cannot believe this just happened to me and it has nothing to do with it being in disney this could have been at walmart it could have been but it just happened to be in the parking lot of hollywood studios so I'm parking and you know how in the Disney parking lots, like you are either in the front or in the back. Like there's two cars per space really as they pull you in. So as I'm pulling in, I'm the first car in all the way up and uh, I'm gathering my belongings in the car. I'm putting up my little sun shield uh, to keep the interior from being toasty. And as I'm doing this, I feel wham, like I thought a car rear ended me. It shook my car that much. So I like immediately turned her behind me like, what just happened? There's no car behind me. I'm like, what, what was that? The car next to me, this like 50 year old woman opening her car door slammed into my car, <laughs> like slammed. So I jump out and Again, I don't know, maybe this is just me, but if that was if I did that to somebody else's car, my immediate reaction is going to be, I'm so sorry, oh my gosh, I can't believe that was an accident, blah, 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 blah. I jump out, she looks me square in the face, looks down where the car hit, and she goes, it's fine. 
and like starts walking away. No. Yes. That's all she said to me. No, sorry. No, oops, my bad. Just, it's fine. And this starts walking away. So I run over there, knock on wood, thank the Lord. It was fine. There was no scratch or anything. But I was, I, I, I called her a name. I should not have called her. But I was like, you need to learn how to drive and also how to get out of your vehicle. Like, this is not, you, you don't park right next to my car so that way you can smack with, with your door. I was so mad. I was so mad. But I think I was even more mad at her reaction. Just, it's fine. And walked away. Uh, uh, oh, man. That would get my day started off on, like, such a bad note. Well, like I said, I, I immediately texted Derek and was like, I cannot believe this just happened to me in this in the parking lot. Like, I almost punched a 50-year-old woman in the face because of her reaction. Like, it just really hacked me off. But after that, I got over it. This is so weird. Did she do that at every single park? <laughs> oh, par- uh, Like, knows? does she not understand that when you park next to a car, your door can't hit it? And again, like, I think I would feel like it wasn't like a five-year-old child. Like, I can be empathetic towards people, you know, but just the fact that you did it and we're like so nonchalant. Huh. Hmm. So I feel like several times over the last year or two, I've bested a group and been like, hey, let's do that. Did that just happen? But since you have been away from the parks for a while now, you know, before you move back down there, you're always like, I mean, I don't have a story. Well, I didn't want you to feel left out. So I was like, oh, we don't have to do it. And now somehow I've forgotten all of those stories, <laughs> but I was trying to remember, and I I came up with two that are mediocre. So I figure if I read them or if I tell them both, then it'll make one decent story. So the first one I think I told you because I think you were in the park this night, but for some reason I was riding Splash Mountain on my own, and I don't remember why, but it went down. Like, the boats got all backed up, and then bo- they weren't sending more boats. So I was stuck in the scene with the big hallelujah ship with the geese at the end. And the woman was in front of me was with her teenage daughter. And she turned around to me and asked a question in the thickest Scottish accent I've ever heard in my life. And I have no idea a single word she said. I could tell it was English, but I, I, I could not understand her. So I said, oh, I'm sorry, what? And she said it a second time, still with that accent, and I still couldn't understand her. And you know that third time is so awkward when you have to be like, I'm so sorry, but I still did not understand what you said. So I tried to do like the laughing or like smiling, but I could tell she was asking me a question. So I said one more time, I'm so sorry, I didn't understand you. Could you say it again? She said it again, not kidding. I could not understand what this person was saying. And she was kind of smiling. So I said, I'm getting so embarrassed telling this story again. I said, are you pulling my leg right now? (laughs) And she got kind of like a sad look on her face and she said, no, sorry. And they turned back around and didn't say anything more to me. And I was so embarrassed because I thought maybe she was like, oh, this American doesn't understand me. I'm going to keep saying what I'm saying. Oh, gosh. That is awkward. And like, I'm sure she gets it a lot over here. Like, (laughs) it has to be because I would hope so. But yeah, I'm sure she was probably like, maybe she was a fan of the show. She was like, are you Derek from the Mad Chatter? Oh, I just was not expecting her to say Mad Chatter, so I couldn't understand. (laughs) Ah, it all makes sense now. We'll just go with that. So the other story is a huge spoiler of Disney magic. So if you want to preserve the magic, just skip ahead about a minute. 
we were watching Fantasmic with my brother's family about a month and a half ago. And we were in the second row, way on the side, which actually ended up being a really good seat because the third screen was right in front of us, the water screen. But the witch comes out and she's over the cauldron saying her whatever incantation or her little poem. And, you know, she's about to turn into the hag. And um, and so I kind of, the kids are kind of getting antsy. So I was like, guys, watch, watch what happens. This is really cool. And so the smoke comes up and we can see all, we can see everything because we're on the side. And I don't know if you know how they do this, but the smoke comes up and we see the witch just drop down to the ground and we see the hag come up, but the witch is still there, like on her arms, uh, knees and elbows. And she just straight up army crawls out of the way (laughs) (laughs) until she's behind the set. I never knew that. I was like, my jaw was just dropped the whole time. I was like, oh my gosh, I can see this. I can see this whole thing. <laughs> and she's straight up, like, slowly army crawling. I look over and my brother is like, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, Carter and Ella, my nephew and niece, had no idea. Because they were like, saw what? But I was like, oh my gosh, I did not know that's how they did that. Anyway, yeah, so did that just happen? Yes, it did. <laughs> But you just can't, Nemo! I can't take it anymore! Alright, that's it! Dishonor! Dishonor on your whole family! Blast this pen! Blast this wretched, wretched pen! No thanks to you, I am the laughing stock of the entire kingdom! I know it's a rock! Don't you think I know a rock when I see a rock? I've spent a lot of time around rocks! You are a toy! Eleven second rants! My Disney experience. I do too have a pass linked to the app. And I do too have friends and family connected to my account. Do we have to go through this every time? I shouldn't have to open an app expecting to have to close it and open it again. Do better. (sighs) Why is there still not a nighttime parade at the Magic Kingdom? If we can do all these other things throughout the day and yet we still cannot make a nighttime parade happen, Walt is somewhere spinning in a frozen grave. Hear me out. The bag check lines should be divided based on how many bags you have. Okay, like ma'am, I'm sure you need all of that storage area in your double wide stroller and your purse and that backpack that is so big I can only assume you took it with you up Mount Everest, but I don't want to wait as you get them all checked. Rivers of Light does not deserve the disrespect that you all give it. Because it is intellectual, it is the perfect incarnation of a theme of a park summed up in a nighttime show, and you all want to whine 
about the dumbing down of Walt Disney World and Walt Disney attractions. And then they bring in something that causes a little bit of thinking, not just woos and wahs, and you all want to hate on it. You don't deserve Rivers of Light. You deserve Judy Dench narration. I don't want to watch all a Fantasmic, or any show for that matter, through the iPhone that you're holding up in front of my face. Listen, you are not capturing anything that 20 YouTube accounts haven't already captured in better quality. What is this Akuna Matata party thing happening? Like, when did this start? Did I miss this? Because I saw it the other day and it is a hot mess. No one wants this. If, if People want to dance with Rafiki, but I want to dance to some African jams. I don't want to dance to uh, Gingham style with him. <sighs> Cheerleaders. How is it 2019, the year of our Lord, 2019, and people still do not understand how to use a magic band to get into the park? There is absolutely no reason why any of us should be waiting longer than 30 seconds to walk through those gates. You tap, you scan, you go. It's that simple, folks. All right, this week we are bringing you a brand new Mad Q Party with 10 brand new questions. And joining us for this week's Mad Q Party is a guest you haven't heard here before, but uh, he's been around. He started a Disney blog back when he was 16, but most recently he started a role with the Walt Disney World Resort in the college program. His name is Brandon Hawkins. Hey, Brandon. Hey, how's it going? It's good. Do you want to tell our listeners, just tell them something about yourself, maybe what you're up to, your Disney fandom, something. Yeah, so um, I started the happiest blog on earth like five years ago when I was little um and then got up through like up through college like still love disney and everything so naturally applied to the disney college program got accepted so here i am um i am here technically through august but i'll probably extend through january and then beyond that i don't know we'll see we'll see what happens but um i'm at epcot right now in merchandise so kind of everywhere um i pick up shifts at all the parks all the time so it's a lot of fun. I love it. Oh, good. Uh, what first got you interested in Disney? Um, so my parents like brought me here like from when I was like really little. And so I think I always just like, I always had those memories of, of coming here to Walt Disney World. And then I started the blog and met like a bunch of friends out in California. So I started going out to Disneyland out there and hanging out with them, which just kind of like got me more interested into like, how the company works, how the parks and resorts work. Um, and then all kind of led me to here. So, yeah. Well, we first heard of you through our friend, uh, our mutual friend, Jeff DePauli's podcast, Disney Coast to Coast. 
So I don't know why you hang out with that guy, but I don't know. <laughs> Can I, we tell I, a really embarrassing story <laughs> as well? Um, so we have another mutual friend, I guess, Aaron Wallace, uh, who's been on the show before. And um, this is the first time I've ever, I'm meeting Brandon Pleasure as well. But uh, apparently some weeks ago at Epcot, we saw you while you were working. Oh my gosh, was that you? Uh, well, I was with the group that chased yeah. you down through Epcot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was like, that was, I think, day one of training in the park. And I hear someone yelling my name and like, we're walking into <laughs> to go see Ralph and Vanellope for some reason. And I like hear my name and I turn around and I see it's Aaron and I'm like waving and I'm like, I have to keep walking. So I couldn't like stop and talk or anything, but... I think it was me who said your name and Aaron was kind of like, dude, stop. <laughs> because we had been trying to make eye contact with you for a long time when you were out there get, obviously getting trained. Like we could tell. So we were just like staring daggers into you because Aaron, it was first Aaron who said, hey, I think that's Brandon. So we looked and looked and they kept saying, oh, he's seen us and he's ignoring us because he's getting trained and doesn't want to get in trouble. And I was like, no, I don't think he's seen us. No, I didn't see you. <laughs> now, mind you, we have now chased you down halfway through Future World, following you, yelling, Brandon. Well, I mean, not me, because I'm like, I don't know this guy. And uh, <laughs> But they're waving. And I'm like, this is the most awkward thing. Like, we are, this This is out of control. That's funny. I, I didn't see anyone following me or yelling my name or anything. But it was funny when I did, when I did see you all of you on my break i was like oh okay <laughs> okay good that makes me feel better because they kept trying to tell me that you were it you were purposely ignoring us because you're going to get in trouble and i was like guys i don't think so no i'm not going to get in trouble for no <laughs> all right well let's get to this week's mad q party uh for those who are new this is where we just answer 10 questions the q stands for questions all about the walt disney company and they are as off the wall as we want to make them. And so are our answers, honestly. They can be however we want to answer. So Brandon, as our honored guest, you want to kick us off with the first question? Absolutely. All right. If Walt Disney World got its own version of Disneyland After Dark, in which park would you want the first event to be held? And what would be the theme? Okay, first of all, did you see pictures from the last Disneyland After Dark event? Oh, yeah. The 90s night? It looked amazing. It's so jealous of that. Did you see this, Jeremy? Yeah, I was just reflecting on the fact that Brandon's probably never seen the 1990s. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I was born in 98. I saw <laughs> oh. some of it. <laughs> wow. wow. You got the whole 90s education in those two years. <laughs> I can yeah. honestly say this is probably the first time Derek and I have felt like senior citizens on our own <laughs> show. But, um, yes, I did. This is the whole thing with Powerline that we have uh, discussed as well. Yeah, yeah. So Disneyland started doing these events where after dark, after the park closes, you can pay extra money, quite a bit of money, if I might add, to, uh, you know, enjoy like a themed night in the parks. And I guess we're going to create our own here. So, Brandon, what about you? I said, like, as my event, I would put it in Epcot and naturally, of course, and I said 80s themed with all of the old things coming back to Epcot. So like you have Mickey like with like the, the rainbow spacesuit. Um, I don't know why that existed, but bring that back and <laughs> Figment and Dreamfinder 
and change all of the area music back to what it was originally. And then also somehow alter illuminations to have like, which I guess is what Epcot Forever is supposed to be coming out with. But anyways, like alter illuminations. So it like throws back to all of, all of the original Epcot attractions that no longer exist. That would be cool. Are we putting in Honey, I Shrunk the Audience? For Jeff. Yes. <laughs> I feel like it can't be that hard to just reset the no. programming, change the movie. I don't know, though. Yeah. But what about you? Uh, I also kind of have like a back in time theme. Uh, I was thinking if we did Hollywood Studios, you could do a sort of golden age of Hollywood theme. And I'm thinking like a ton of photo ops with red carpet and Oscars and stuff like that. And I've seen on some of the cruise ships, they have the Fab Five in tuxedos and nice dresses for formal night. And I figure you could do that as sort of like a red carpet type thing. Um, I remember in Disney California Adventure last year, at some point in the Tower of Terror lobby, they had those three flapper singers. And it was like a trio that sang big band music in the lobby. I thought that would be really cool. Uh, you could have, um, I don't know, Kermit and P Miss Piggy had those Hollywood outfits at that old MGM Studios show. They could come back out. You could have characters from some of the movies during that time, like Fantasia, Dumbo. Um, as far as attractions go, I, have, I don't really know what you could do with that. Like Toy Story Land would basically be the same. But yeah, it could be fun. People might dress up. I'd do it. I would. Absolutely. What about you, Jeremy? So I decided that mine is not going to take place in a park. Um, it's going to be uh -huh. at a resort, and it's going to be at the Grand Floridian. And we're going to have a throwback night there. As far as, like, I know Victor uh, Grand Floridian is, like, uh, Edwardian, you know, kind of a turn-of-the-century feel. But I'm going to kick it up just a couple of decades and take it to the 1930s. and uh, Or maybe the 20s. We'll, we'll go 20s. And... Um, I want it to be like a prohibition party. So the whole resort, you know, we're going to have like moonshine and those kind of things. <laughs> the, the speakeasy idea is, is a little tough to do in a giant resort because I'm thinking it's going to be in that middle area with the tall ceilings. But um, the lobby, if you would. Uh, <laughs> <and> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we're going to have um, everybody has to dress as like flappers, you know, for the in, or like um, in the pinstripe suits from like back in the 20s and uh there's gonna be big band music playing and just dancing i'm picturing like a great gatsby-esque kind of uh a vibe going on that would be yeah cool. wouldn't that be so fun and it would be like adults only you know so we just <laughs> dance the night away <laughs> wait how old because brandon's only yeah, 20 I was say, I oh guess I yeah that, man. <laughs> my bad my bad all right well we'll wait a year till you're 21 so there we go <laughs> so this is so random but you know what i just thought of the other day you mentioned the 20s and we think of the 20s as the 1920s but next year will be the 20s all over again and that's so weird like that blows my mind is that going to be the new 20s i don't know <laughs> well technically i mean yes. <laughs> it will be but i mean like when people talk about the 20s is now that what they'll be referring to? Anyway, moving on now to question number two, which says, if you had to recast a celebrity in a current Walt Disney World attraction, who would you replace and who would replace? 
this person, Jeremy. I don't know if this person is considered a celebrity or not, but the the guy in the Flights of Passage um, pre-show, Kumar or whatever his name is, (laughs) I just think he's a terrible actor. (laughs) And uh, I think he needs to be replaced. And I want to put in, I would just put in, um, oh God, her name just went right out of my head, Uh, from Avatar, the... And also Finding Dory narrator. Uh, what? Oh, Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney Weaver. Thank you. <laughs> oh, oh, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have and, thought and, that so many times. Yeah, and even though like Sigourney Weaver, like I understand Flight of Passage is post her time because spoiler, she dies in the film. Um, maybe it's like an old footage, you know, like lost tape that somebody finds and sticks in the VCR and, and she's the one that's going to give us our little like spiel. Oh, I love that. Like it was something she was developing before she died. Yeah. Like you were about to experience the dream of Dr. So-and-so, whatever her name was. Uh, and here let's let her speak for herself, blah, blah, blah. And then you can end it with like, even though she could not see the realization of her dream, you can today. Aw, that's awesome. There you go. Uh, I'm going to piggyback off of that because also mine is not really a celebrity. It's Eric Idle. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. He is That's a celebrity. That's terrible. How dare you? <laughs> but I am going to replace him because I really don't like his presence in Journey into Imagination. And I was trying to think of like a lovable person who would treat Figment like a child, like someone who is full of grace and patience. And my first thought if they had filmed this maybe 10 years ago, would be Dick Van Dyke. I feel like he would be such a good counterpart to Figment. But I feel like he might be a little too old now. But he made me think of Emily Blunt, who also would be a great sort of sidekick to Figment in uh, Journey to Imagination. Get some, you know, get a girl in there. No, I'm not. I'm not feeling anything from you guys. <laughs> I, no, I'm I, not. I'm not opposed to Emily Blunt. I just. Um, I'm gonna say this, and people are gonna hate me. I'm sure, but uh-oh. I'm just. I, I've reached Blunt peak at this point. Um, I agree. Whoa. You know, I, she's she's starting to suffer from the Amy Adams effect uh, from a few years ago, where it was like, all right, we we've got enough Amy Adams for right now. I'm feeling personally victimized. I feel like she came out of nowhere, and now she's, like, everywhere. For good reason. (laughs) I I agree, but at the same time. Okay. All right, Brandon, so who did you say? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, in Dinosaur, for some reason, I was literally stuck in the queue today uh, for, like, 30 minutes in the room where the pre-show is broken. And for some reason, Bill Nye's voice is in there. Mm-hmm. And he's like, hey, it's Bill Nye. And I, I was sitting there and I was like, what? It's like, what is going on? Like, what is he What is this, What is he talking about? So basically, Bill Nye just needs to be replaced with anyone. Anyone other oh. than Bill Nye in that, in that pre-show. As the faceless narrator? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, it's been good having you on been good having you on the show thanks for coming uh, <laughs> you love bill nye i do i think bill nye's the man and i think the question really is why is bill nye not in more attractions 
<laughs> you know what they should do is they should put Bill Nye and Ellen DeGeneres back in their old costumes and they like walk into the pre-show with Felicia and they're like, how do we end up here? And he's like, well, the dinosaurs. <laughs> you know, I never put those two together that they both go back in time to the time of dinosaurs. That really could be the crossover event of the year. That'd be cool. Um, wow. So, so you just hate on Bill Nye. He like, when you have are forced to watch him in school so much repeatedly over and over and over, there comes a point where like you're not in school and you just don't want to see Bill Nye anymore or hear him. Really showing your white privilege. You know that? Uh, because there are poor children in Africa that didn't get to grow up with Bill Nye. I want you to remember that, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and also, I love that you just found out this week that he's even in that attraction and you're already like, nope. Today! I found out today! <laughs> That attraction has been there as long as you've been alive. And, uh, <laughs> no, longer. <laughs> wow. No. Alrighty. Uh, now, number three. If you could have a movie night with friends anywhere in a Disney park after the park has closed, where would it be? Or even you can just leave the park open if it's not in a uh, walkway or space. Okay. I want you to go first because this was your question and I had so much trouble. I want to know what you're picturing. Okay, so this is so stupid. <laughs> this is me. Um, I want to have movie night in the living room of the family that's watching the moon landing at Spaceship Earth. <laughs> um, I just every time I go by there, I'm like, this would be so like so cool to like just sit there and be watching a movie. And then I want the park still to be open and people like enjoying it themselves. And then randomly, I can like turn a wave and freak people out. <laughs> Would you have to like bang on the side of the TV to get you know the a good <laughs> yeah. signal? Every now and then we have to like adjust the rabbit ears or yeah. whatever. Yeah, maybe put like a little barbecue grill out on the uh, on the uh, patio. Is that patio or is it like a balcony or whatever it is? There's a balcony. Yeah. Yeah, I could just you lighting know, glass doors. Yeah. Cook some food out there for my guests. And just hang out. The carpeting looks comfortable. I feel like you could just stretch out on the carpet. I mean, the kids sure think so. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. Uh, so for me, I was just trying to think of somewhere I would want to spend two hours after the parks closed. And my favorite, I think my favorite area at night is Main Street. So I just thought like set up one of those little TVs that they put out by the pools at uh, the resorts, you know, one of those inflatable screens, put it up on the train station in that open area with like the benches where you can see the castle and the flagpole. And so, yeah, so you're watching a movie Maybe pull out some beanbag chairs and you got a great view of the castle as well. There you go. Those screens are not small, by the way. I know, but I feel like it would fit under that roof, don't you? No? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to make sure people... Uh, in fact, a couple weeks ago, we were at Polynesia. and uh, Polynesian. And we happened to be sitting right there by the pool in the uh, tables, eating some food. And it was in the evening time. And uh, Happily Ever After was happening. Ralph Wrecks the Internet was happening next to us on the inflatable screen. And the Polynesian music was playing. So I had Gosh. all three sound <laughs> soundtracks happening with the boom booms of the fireworks. It was very overstimulating. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my. I didn't know they showed them there. I thought that was a value resort thing. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> I mean, no, they do. not as a slam, but I feel like I've only ever seen them there. That's interesting. Like out by the pool? Yeah, exactly. Huh. Yeah. 
Well, there was about 30 children all engrossed in it, so it's a <laughs> it's a pleaser. All right, Brandon, let's hear it. All right, so mine is also inside of Spaceship Earth, but it is like you know at the at the end of Spaceship Earth when it's when you see the Earth like projected up on there. How cool would it be if they just used the entire blank canvas of the inside of that scene and projected a movie up there? And you just got to sit in your what are those vehicles called? Your time rover? Is it a time, time rover? That's dinosaur. Oh. I don't know if it has a name, but you just like sit in there and you turn sideways and you can just watch the movie. Yeah, because you're like reclined already. Not the most comfortable. Yeah, yeah I was gonna say they're not it's, very comfortable at all. Yeah, but you can bring a pillow. Like, how cool <laughs> would that be? <laughs> I like it. I kinda like it would be like um an IMAX experience. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Kind of a yeah. thing. Yeah, because it's a curved screen. Yeah, you could, like, watch Wally, and they could just, like, keep the stars on, on the side. Ah, oh, there work. you go. There you oh, go. Oh, I like it. Wow, it's like in-theater effects. Yeah. Huh. Have you ever been through there, and somebody uses a flash photography to, like, take a picture of the Earth? And first off, spoiler, it's projected. It's not anything. So as soon as you flash, it's gone. But uh, you realize how big that space is when you kind of see it lit up. Wow. Yeah. Well, a few days ago, I got to go on a backstage tour with the lights on. And it was the coolest thing I've ever done. And, like, you don't realize that space up there is massive. And it's empty. <laughs> There's just nothing up there. Uh, I've seen groups with the uh, like the headset in walk in that door and go up the elevator. I'm always like, oh, I want to go so bad. <laughs> That's cool. All right, you want to move on to number four? Absolutely. Who is a character from Star Wars that you want to see represented in Star Wars Galaxy's Edge and how? Do either of you want to answer that before me? Uh, sure. Uh, because I'm just realizing I forgot the how part. I said Ewoks. I, I don't know how. I feel like we haven't seen Ewoks since Star Wars Weekends were a thing. Yeah. But Star... I don't think we... The, uh, the, the queue for Star Tours is the forest moon of Endor. Like, that's where they live. So I think it'd be pretty natural for them... Well, you're talking about Galaxy's Edge. They could walk back and forth. <laughs> they could walk back and forth from the forest to Galaxy's Edge and, like, trade pins or something. There you go. Yeah. That makes <laughs> I sense. don't think we have seen them since Star Wars Weekend. No, but they're so adorable. They are. <laughs> Would it have to be, like, children? I don't know. There's definitely a high range there. Yeah. Jeremy? Uh, my answer, I've... Every time we have something like this, and I've said this before, I continually go back to this well, but I want it to happen so much. And I want Akmina, who is the character that B. Arthur played in the Star Wars Holiday Special. I want her as a bartender <laughs> serving beverages. Okay, have you seen the Holiday Special? Oh, it's awful. Yes. So, true story. Last Christmas, um, I said, I've never really watched the holiday special. Uh, I've seen bits and pieces through YouTube clips. I should watch it. And it is available on the YouTube. At least it was. Uh, it's like an hour and a half. The quality is terrible, as you can expect it to be. But uh, it is painful. I mean, it is awful. Yes. So it took me like two weeks to watch it because I would literally watch like 15 <laughs> minutes at a time and walk away. 
Okay, an hour and a half is not a special. They might that's like a whole other movie. I guess so, but I mean there's a part where it's like you meet Chewie's family uh-huh. and yeah. it's like Mama Chewbacca and Baby Chewbacca. They have Chewbacca. names, right? Uh, apparently, yeah. I don't remember them, but uh, they do like these little gags, like, you know, 1970s sight gags, you know, in the Chewbacca household. It's terrible. It's just <laughs> awful. I've never seen it all the way through. Mm. B. Arthur is the shining star in it all. <laughs> of course, always. Actually, and the reason I asked you if you'd seen it, because I actually thought it was someone who looked like B. Arthur, and people always joke that, hey, that's B. Arthur. No, no, no. It is the one and only star of Maud and the Golden Girls, B. Arthur. <laughs> I mean, she could definitely appear in the cantina. It'd be amazing, and and people would lose their mind over it, and it wouldn't take away from the aesthetic of Star Wars. Absolutely not, because if I saw her and I didn't know who she was, I would just think, oh, there's a a female bartender in the cantina. It would make total sense for her to be there. It'd be so awesome. It'd be so great. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, I said BB-8, which sounds dumb, but BB-8's meet and greet right now, not great. You ever done (laughs) it? Have you ever? It's a little awkward. If you're an awkward person with characters, that is the worst thing you can possibly do because it's just this soccer ball that sits there and beeps at you and doesn't move. And so uh, I want to see like a full, like I want to see BB-8 like on the ground, like fully functioning, rolling around you, like meet and greet. That's 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 the dream. That's what I want. You got to think they're working on that, right? I don't know. Apparently, the BB-8 that they use in the parks, like the one that can roll around, isn't their BB-8. So okay, yeah. So I'm not sure if they're working on it or if they just don't care. Yeah, I feel like maybe in time for the resort to open, they're yeah. trying to figure that out. I would hope so, especially if you have a character attendant who's like, "Oh, you don't speak droid." It's like, no, obviously not. Do you? <laughs> right, right. Oh, like, but they are you do. translate for me? Because I can't. Brandon, they do <laughs> translate. The one time I went there, he was like, beep. And she was like, he said, we hope you have a magical day here at Disney Hollywood <laughs> Studios and that you're taking lots. I was like, okay, how do you know what he said? <laughs> I've literally had one who asked me if I spoke droid. And I said, no. And she goes, okay. I was like, oh, all right. Let me take a picture now. <laughs> oh well sorry we can't help you if you don't speak droid yeah oh gosh like, oh, interesting i'll uh work on that for next time that would make me very happy though to walk into galaxy's edge and he just rolls by yeah that'd be yeah. amazing hmm. until someone like kicks him but yeah right it's party over all <laughs> right number five okay so movie pass is well was it's sort of dying out but this was the closest equivalent i could think of where you pay a monthly subscription fee and you sort of get like an all you can do sort of perk for that month so if walt disney world came out with its own version of this where you pay a subscription fee and then get the perk for a certain amount of time what is this pass going to be for jeremy um, I'm not sure exactly the fee, but uh, I would love to see maybe like for annual pass holders, an extra 25 bucks a month or so. 
and you get two fast passes a day that are unscheduled where you can just walk up scan your fat your magic band and you get access in oh gosh i would hate that why yeah. Don't too. <laughs> well because fast passes make the normal line slow down and if 400 annual pass holders in magic kingdom on friday have that yeah but they're not always using them at the same time let me tell you I, a little birdie told me that there are already ways that you can pay for more fast passes currently. So that we're not too far off on this. The, the idea that everyone is equal when it comes to fast passes is, is, is a myth. <laughs> okay, so they're still doing that? Like, it was several months ago when they opened it up to, I, I want to say, DVC members or somebody to be able to pay for fast passes. Yeah, I don't really feel at liberty to say um, in public. But I just know for a fact that there are people who pay a lot of money and are able to get more fast passes without scheduling them. I mean, they have what I'm talking about. Gotcha. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, I'm talking about just walking up and scanning your magic band and you get access through the fast pass line. No, I understand. But I thought you were talking about the thing that Disney actually announced where they said these certain guests of this certain DVC resort can pay for two extra oh. fast passes a day or whatever it was. I don't yeah. remember. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I'm, I wasn't referring to that, but gotcha. I, just, I think that's that's coming at some point. You know, it's like okay, everybody gets three, but you know, if you want to pay for more, you'll get more. Yeah, I'm honestly shocked they haven't done it even more of a rollout by this point. Yeah, that's one of like the few things where I'm like, yes, Disney, free fast passes, way to go. So hopefully never, but who knows? Uh, so mine is food related. So you know they have the dining plan, which usually includes a snack a day, but there's no snack plan. Like, what if you just want snacks? (laughs) So I was thinking, if you, I don't know how it would work, but if you paid like 25 bucks a month and got one snack per day. So think if you got one every single day for a month, that you would be fat. (laughs) Well, Yes, but that would be like, what, $125-ish, which is a great bargain. But no one's actually going to get one every single day. So I'm thinking, I don't know, even if people paid $25 for a week's vacation, that's still only seven snacks, but that's still a good bargain. And Disney might benefit because if you buy a pretzel with the snack, you're going to be thirsty. So you're also going to buy a drink that you maybe would not have before. I don't know. I'm just thinking I would totally take advantage of that if they offered some sort of plan where you get, you know, a snack credit per day. Swipe your card. I would. Have you ever I seen couldn't. that? Uh, that is it a Vine or is it a YouTube of the little like toddler who's the little girl? And she's like, snack, snack. <laughs> no. That's Derek <laughs> at the park. Yeah, pretty much. Now, Brandon <laughs> probably would do this every day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I would. Yes, I love Disney snacks. They would charge cast members twice as much. Or they just wouldn't give it as an option. Oh, true. Yeah. True. Yeah. Anyways, uh, I said, um, like, so resort guests have access to extra magic hours in the morning and at night, depending on the day. So for annual pass holders, I thought they could pay however much a month and have access to like two or three of those a week oh, so yeah. where they could go 
do that extra magic hour like at night like or in the morning for whatever that hour hour and a half is that was my idea that's a great idea because a lot of times like we have extra magic hours at epcot and it is really dead like there's no one and there could be like a thousand more people in that park and it wouldn't change a thing so i'm like ah they could let people pay for it and people would pay for it kind of like the after hours events that you can already pay for except like without all the perks like literally just being able to be in the park i really like that what's disney's policy on people who are locals and they have family staying at a disney resort and all the family is going to extra magic hours can the local also get in with them you have to be on the resort reservation yeah so that pass would help that yeah exactly yeah that's frustrating yeah because like if you try and tap your magic band and it doesn't say that like you're on the reservation with them they're getting really strict about saying like no you have to leave they're having a special um pass holder event like a couple extra hours at the end of april i saw that do you know how much it is i i'm free i signed up today oh that's right that's right yeah. i hope it's free i signed up today <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm not paying any extra for two hours in the Magic Kingdom. Where is it at? Oh, Magic Kingdom. Yeah, it's just 11 to 1 a.m. on a Sunday night in Magic Kingdom. So I was like, oh, there you go. I'll go. <laughs> uh, back in January, they had one of those while I was in town. So I was kind of excited because it was you get into Hollywood Studios an hour early. But it was so you could get early access to the new donut mouse ears that you could purchase. But then the park opened at the normal time. It's like, oh... I'm good. I love I love those <laughs> things. You are able to purchase this piece of merchandise before anyone else. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, what a privilege. Um, yeah. Number six. If you could create a brand new land or pavilion for any of the parks that's not centered on an existing film property, what would you do? I'm going to go first on this one because I believe that... At uh, Animal Kingdom, we need some kind of Antarctica representation there. And I know, you know, SeaWorld has recently, well, recently, in the last few years, uh, kind of put in a little penguin display. And uh, it really disappointed from what I understand. So I think it would be nice, you know, because you have the, the, the kind of the current animals you with Africa and Asia represented really well. Um, you have dinosaurs, you know, creatures of the past. You have the mythical now with Pandora. But penguins, everybody likes penguins. And so maybe take uh, Rafiki's Planet Watch, turn that into like some kind of indoor area with uh, cold-weathered animals, and let people just go out there, take the train still, and go visit Antarctica. I love this. I the, like that. The penguins were my favorite part of the St. Louis Zoo when we used to go there. The, the penguin display at the St. Louis Zoo, you actually, like, they are literally right there. You can yeah. touch them. You're not supposed to, but you can. Yeah, there's just, that's right. There's just, like, that glass wall that doesn't even go that high. Yeah, and they just zip around in the water. But I'm even <laughs> thinking if you wanted to expand it, I'm pretty sure there's... No, I'm thinking... People are dumb. They won't know. You could put a polar bear in there, even though they're not in Antarctica. <laughs> well, you could call it polar because South Pole, North Pole. Like yeah. 
and then do a little, you know, global warming talk there as well. If you want to make it educational, you know, you could do all kinds of nice little things. Have have Al Gore there. The polar caps. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> okay, so that is shockingly close to my idea. I even thought of putting it in Rafiki's Planet Watch and taking the train there. But my thought was to do sort of like the Amazon or maybe just South America in general. But I was thinking for a ride, if it were the rainforest, you could get in one of those hovering trams that's like on a cable. Do you remember the old King Kong ride at Universal where you rode in the... I don't know what they're called. Like, it it looks like a trolley, but it's hanging from a cable. Like a cable car. Okay, yeah. yeah. And you go over the rainforest. And maybe you go into a room with, like, toucans and tropical birds. And in a room with, like, snakes and all the amphibians and frogs and stuff. I don't really know that much about South American rainforests. <laughs> you know, I like that, though, because South America has a lot of... Uh, you know, flora and fawn and those kind of things, but they don't get a lot of representation in the world. It's true. Not in Animal Kingdom. Yeah. Well, mine was also Animal Kingdom for some reason. Um, and they, like, we've all seen the Animal Kingdom logo. There's a dragon right in the middle. That was never, like, the whole idea was never realized. So, like, if I, like, was able to put anything anywhere in the parks, it would be, like, finally making that a reality and just leveling Dinosaur. That whole oh, area. Whoa, just, like, whoa. goodbye, all of it can go. And, like, finally giving that corner of the park, like, something over there that's, like, big and, like, has an e-ticket, that's what I would do. You hate Bill Nye that much? <laughs> no, I... Golly, it's intense. <laughs> I don't like dinosaur. I don't know why. I just don't. That whole area, I just, it's, uh. You walk through it now and like, they were playing Trolls soundtrack today. I was like, oh. what is going on? Like, oh, what, no. who, like, uh, it's a mess. But what anyway. if the dinosaur farted some glitter out of his butt? Would that <laughs> be appropriate for you? <laughs> Absolutely. That would that'd be a game changer. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay, so a dragon ride. Are you still gonna do the unicorn maze? Yeah. Of course. <laughs> everything, everything that was a part of Beast of the Kingdom, all of it. I feel like there's a mythical creature that is being overlooked in that land, but I can't think of what it might be. Because dragons and unicorns, there's gotta be more than that, you know? Centaurs. There, mm. there was centaurs in there. Oh, that's good. Mermaids? Ooh, yeah. Vampires? Wait. <laughs> Something different. Chupacabras? Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeti? Oh, wait. Uh, uh, whatever uh, Phil is on Hercules. Satyr? Isn't oh. that a centaur? Is that the same thing? No, he's different. Uh, I want to say Satyr. Yeah, anyway. I don't know what he's called. Yeah, the, man, we just turned up Animal Kingdom to 11 with our three ideas. <laughs> Literally, I just thought about all the characters in Harry Potter. That's all I did. <laughs> Centaurs <laughs> and mermaids. <laughs> Goblins. Good call. Yeah. My first thought was bring the movie pavilion to Epcot that they were thinking about doing, but then it turned into the great movie ride. But then I realized any pavilion about movies is going to just feel outdated now because with YouTube and everything, we know how mo movies work. You know? Kind of sad. 
Yeah, not to mention, if we're going to bring in a new pavilion and try to do, like, retro Epcot, I don't, I don't even see how movies fit in to the idea of Epcot when it was the old school, but ocean and land and motion and... Yeah, I think it sort of fit with the Imagination Pavilion, you know? Like, the mind is also part of us, and it creates things. Oh, Epcot. There's a reason it didn't work. Yes. But it would be part of the 80s night (laughs) at Epcot. They would bring back that (laughs) pavilion idea. Or not. Anyways, am I the next question? Yeah, go for it. All right, let's go. So, if you had to choose one recently acquired 20th Century Fox property to incorporate into the Disney parks, what property would you choose, and what would you do with it? I'm curious to see if anyone else thought the same thing that I did, but I want to see what you guys say first. I guarantee you I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. What do you do? Mine is a deep cut. So... There was a television show, which is 20th Century Fox, that ran from 1985 to 1989. And it is arguably one of the worst television shows (laughs) ever made. Um, But I loved it as a kid. And I even bought the first season on uh, DVD when it came out a few years ago and tried to rewatch it. And it is so terrible, I can't even watch it as an adult. It's called Small Wonder. Have you guys seen this? No. Okay, it, it was a it was a half hour sitcom in front of a live studio audience, but the premise is that it's a mom, dad, and son, and the dad creates this robot little girl that they pretend is their adopted daughter, but she's actually a robot. But they can't tell anybody she's a robot, so she like has all these shenanigans because she <laughs> talks like this all the time and like being a robot her body can like do like superhuman things sometimes so she can be like really fast or really strong like she can pick stuff up you know it was terrible awful but i loved it and so i would love to see (laughs) small wonder come to um interventions over at epcot and do some like robotic stuff with Vicky from Small Wonders. And if there's any Small Wonder fans out there, send me an email. Let's talk. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I have so many questions. First of all, <laughs> is Small Wonder the name of the song in Meet the Robinsons? Our lives are made in these small... Little Wonders. It's little little Wonders. Wonder. Oh, okay, yeah. never mind. Okay, secondly, was the daughter played by an actress or did they build a robot? No, so it was played by an actress. Oh, so thank like goodness. Little girl, but they would have like, like the back of her dress like folded down a little bit, and that's where like the instrument panel is. So every now and then they would like have really weird looking um, shots of like the dad working on her back with a screwdriver, and then it cuts to the opening in her back, you know, that's clearly like not human. It was weird. I'm telling you, it's messed up. Here's the, here's what the DVD looks like, the cover. So that's the little girl, that's the robot. That fits right into Interventions. It really does. <laughs> Not gonna lie, I actually really like the the logo or like the, the font type for that title. It is very 80s, you're right, yeah. yeah. Um, terrible though, absolutely terrible, but wonderful all at the same time. 
Well, believe it or not, I had the exact same answer. Though <laughs> so I actually think Disney could make a night at the museum dark ride work Ooh. really well. You know, like you're even a trackless ride where you're going all I was the about museum. To say, trackless. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so you go in to the first room and the museum is dark and everything's turned off. And then you go to the room with whatever that magical object is that glows and then turns everything alive. And you go into the next room and then, you know, everything, the mammoth is walking by you. And then Teddy Roosevelt rides by on his horse and all sorts of things. They could do a lot with that. Yeah. In fact, we've talked a lot about how they should make a Night at the Museum style movie where the things at Walt Disney World come alive. You know, oh, so it has nothing to do with Night at the Museum except for the fact that it's the same premise. But now that they own Night at the Museum, they could just copy it into a ride. Interesting. All right. Well, uh, I went the extraordinarily obvious path here. Uh, and let me just preface this with I hope that this never, ever happens. But <clears throat> Ice Age is owned by 20th Century Fox. And as much as, like, it's not my favorite movie, but, like, visually, it could be, like, really, really cool. Especially, like, in a, like, ice and just, like, the, the colors and, like, I don't know. I just feel like they could do a lot, like, technologically with it. That would be, like, really cool. Like, trackless. Like, still trackless, but, like, huge animatronics. And I don't know. I just, I think that they could do something with it. I think that'd be cool. The The whole ice thing, other than... Oh, no, that's gone now. I was going to say the Club Cool entrance back in the day. But the whole ice thing is nowhere in, Dis in Walt Disney World, you know? Mm -mm. Yeah. So add in that, add in Antarctica over in Animal Kingdom, and we're set. You know, I just am not a fan of that movie at all. I wasn't either. No. It's not my favorite, but it's like... I think it could be a cool attraction. I can't believe no one said Titanic. Because uh, Jeff's not here. <laughs> <laughs> and also because we... Wow, Jeff's getting a lot of shout -outs. Uh I also... Uh, you know, there's the Titanic um, experience in Orlando already. I went to it. But it doesn't have Jack and Rose. It doesn't. Um, but there is this really cool... Speaking of ice, they have like a, a, a homemade, I guess, if you would... Um, what do they call it? Iceberg. <laughs> I was like, it's not an icicle. <laughs> uh, but you can, like, touch it. And that would be cool to have in Walt Disney World. Yeah, we did that in uh, Gatlinburg. I enjoyed it. Very somber, but very interesting. Yeah, did you live or did you die? Do you remember? I died. Me too. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. All right, moving on now to number eight. It says, if the amazing race... Where did the amazing race go, by the way? R.I.P. If the Amazing Race, it's I think it's coming back in May, but it's been off the air forever. If the Amazing Race filmed an entire season at Walt Disney World, I would totally watch that. And what are some challenges you would like to see the racers have to perform? Brandon, are you an Amazing Race fan? Yeah, I used to watch it with my family. Oh, nice. Like, every every week. Okay, so you know what we're talking about. What are some challenges? Yeah. So. <laughs> I was like sitting there and this is kind of a joke, but also I thought it was funny. I was like, swim across world showcase <laughs> during illuminations. Um, <laughs> no, but <laughs> I said like some of them would be like zip lining down Tink's like pixie dust trail. 
Uh, wow, well, that ruins the magic. <laughs> no, it's a pixie dust trail, and she sprinkles you with pixie dust, and then you get to also go down her trail. Oh, nice. Hence the pixie. Anyways. Uh, and then you have to do, like, a food challenge, so you have to eat, like, a churro, a turkey leg, a Mickey bar, the bacon on a stick things that they have now the the classic the classic disney snack bacon on a stick thing yeah and then all of the flavored popcorn but you know they'd throw in like maggots in the popcorn or something oh lord oh god i don't know something like crazy uh it now i've never heard it called a pixie dust trail is that like a common thing now well she doesn't zip line and after happily ever after the trees underneath her are glowing with pixie dust because she oh. sprinkles pixie dust as she goes down. Wow. The next time you watch Happily Ever After, look in the trees underneath where she flies, and there is pixie dust. I've noticed that, and it, you know what? It travels all the way to the trees on the other side of the hub, too. That's crazy. It sure does. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Who knew? Pixie dust trail... Is it, I'm going to start using that as a, uh, Derek's shaking his head because he already knows I'm going there. Uh, oh, gosh. Just another word for, for happy trail. Now it's going to be fixing uh, trail. I see, I see. <laughs> Put some glitter in your happy trail. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she doesn't zip line, so of course, of course. it's just, uh, of course. It's where her pixie dust goes. Yes, yeah, absolutely. I like absolutely. this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was thinking, I actually thought of a lot of different challenges, but Jeremy, were you with me when we saw that lion show in China at World Showcase? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the lion is happy. <laughs> I want them to, because it's two people in one of those traditional Chinese lion costumes, and there's like the butt and the head, and they have to do the dance. I want the partners to have to learn that choreography and have to perform it, you know, to a respectable level. To be that is genius. Yeah. That really is. Because <laughs> that thing was terrible, but I could totally see them doing that on a on a show. Yeah, because it looked like you obviously have to memorize moves, but it looked doable, you know? Yeah. Um, I want them to have to type in, text in a joke to Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor and get it used. And if it's not used, they have to go back and try again. <laughs> and they watch the show like nine times before it's used. And they have to wait in the queue. Too. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, when the Skyliner opens, I want them to have to like ride the whole path and spot things as they go. And so if they get to the end and they didn't spot all the clues, they have to go back and try again. Like there's so many things you could do. Those oh, are, all those are really so good practical. Ideas. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Mine, you would like die on all of them <laughs> well yeah half a turkey leg and you die so <laughs> yeah you could eat five mickey shaped foods you know you have to go around the park to find five different ones i don't want to brag but uh derek and i actually have auditioned for the amazing race we were not selected spoiler alert um and this was pre-podcast days too that we did this. oh yeah that so. was it was on our way down? No, 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 never mind. You lived in Florida, and that we met at my sister's house. Yeah, so this is like 2010-ish, yeah. somewhere probably around there. Yeah. Nine? Wow. We have the audition take. Some, no, we somewhere. don't. I cannot find it anywhere, and I was going to post it not that long ago, and it's gone. It's pretty good, though. That's what's sad. We, we, I mean, we can build it up as much as we want, because no one's <laughs> ever going to see it. It was amazing, you guys. Uh, Phil, if you're listening, we're still interested. 
just throwing it out there, you know. But anyways, um, my idea is, you know, I was going with the food idea too because they always have to eat something weird. So I was thinking like a weird sausage something in Germany might uh, suffice. Um, I was also thinking like a drink around the world kind of a thing where they have to go Ooh. to each country in the world, you know, and take a shot or a drink of their country's uh, <laughs> beverages. Um, mine was really just food focused, but I really like your idea, Derek, with the Skyway. Oh, I did think of one other thing. So the ball pit in Space Mountain, like they have to dive in and like find something in ah, the ball pit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be cool. That would be cool. We just need, I feel like we need to like make this happen, you know, with the, it's sort of like your scavenger hunt. Exactly. Yeah. And then also, you know, maybe like you go to a resort and they have to take the order of tables, you know, and like feed tourists, you know, I would feel like that's <laughs> too. Huh. They could be a jungle crew skip, skipper and have to fit in like five Ooh. puns or something yeah, on their own. That would be awesome. Yeah. Because yes. <laughs> the real skipper could you know, quote unquote, steer the boat, but they just sit there with the microphone and have to get like a certain number of laughs or something. Yeah. Yeah. And at the end, like the, like the, the kid or whatever is like with the thumbs up or the thumbs down. They always <laughs> yeah. do. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that'd be fun. Number nine. What's a Disney theme park character? Emphasis on the theme park character that as far as you know, has never had a meet and greet but you'd like to see become one. Derek, why don't you go first? Okay. I have two answers because I first, I've mentioned a lot on this show, but this makes total sense. It should happen now. The leopard with the umbrella from It's a Small World that's just sitting there like bobbing his head and he's got the little petite umbrella in the rainforest section. He should be a meet and greet character. That would be awesome. But also, have the hitchhiking ghosts ever met? Hey. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I show you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think they have, but that's I don't, genius. I didn't think about yeah. that. That would be so easy. They, they've they existed as performers, like in entertainment, for something that they did, but you couldn't meet them. Like, there's pictures of them existing. Yeah, they're in the Halloween parade each year. That's true. That's oh, true. yeah. That's where they come from. Then. Yeah, that's right. They're like chained to their flow or something. Yeah. Yeah, but you can't meet them anywhere. But you should be able to. Yeah, that was mine. Oh, it's a great answer. I said uh, Gus, Ezra, and Phineas, oh. which is their names, yeah, apparently. I know, but that was like retroactively added uh, it's weird yeah yeah i was i was just reading that actually it was interesting <laughs> yeah it is interesting and a lot of the merchandise in that store memento mori says those three names so disney's like claiming it but yeah, yeah. yeah. um also the guy with the dog like the groundskeeper if you could find a trained dog that'd be fun but where are we going to find a trained dog? Those are so rare. <laughs> well, you know, but then there's the one time where he bites the child and it's all game over. And yeah. That, so I, we have horses still on Main Street, so I think we'll be OK. Um, take that risk. Uh, I have two answers as well, so I'll cover one. Uh, one is obvious, and that is Sunny Eclipse. Um, how Ooh. amazing would it be if the curtain closed after a performance and then all of a sudden like he appeared for meet and greets. <laughs> oh Come on. <laughs> gosh, how did I not think of that? That's 
It's amazing. I would die. I would literally die. And uh, the other one is very on brand for me, but uh, that is, I want to meet and greet with the disco scientist from Spaceship Earth. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, she is the embodiment of black female power, and I just think that uh, that needs to happen. Would she, would she speak in, like, groovy, you know, 70s hippie <laughs> yes. ling, ling, lingo? But but it would not be too stereotypical. It would still be smart and educated. Absolutely. Because, I mean, she's a scientist. Yes, she's a scientist. She went to MIT. Yeah. Despite growing yeah, up did. a floorback child in Mississippi. Wow. That's, that's what the official the whole story backstory. for the attraction says, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, if man. if we can have Phineas and Ferb and, and Ezra or whatever their names are, then we can have that. Excuse me, Ferb, can I get a picture with you? Okay, so, number 10, Brandon, bring us home. All right, what is something Disney-related that was a big part of your childhood that you'd like to see come back in some form? Brandon's answer is like I don't I don't even Raven. <laughs> yeah, Ra- I, that's so I don't Raven. Go first because uh, one of you two go. <laughs> okay. Uh, there was this movie when I was a kid called Enchanted. I really liked it. <laughs> oh my gosh! But it's true. Okay. <laughs> I thought of two things. I didn't have the Disney Channel as we've mentioned before, but one thing I lived for was on ABC in the late '90s. They had, like, an original movie every single Sunday night. So, like, Tower of Terror and the Cinderella with Brandy and the Annie with Victor Garber. And then I think Angels in the End Zone was one of those, which was not good. Listen, they were not all winners. But they just, like, stopped doing it. You know, they did it every single week. Original movies, original productions, original characters. I mean, I guess all the ones I just mentioned are not original characters, but... Still, I think they should get back to the TV movie lifetime. I mean, Netflix is making a not making a killing. I don't know how they do financially, but they're putting out, you know, a new romantic comedy movie every single week now. Like, that's their thing. I feel like Disney could get in on that. Oh, yeah. Hallmark Channel is pumping them things out by the busload and and people are eating that up. Yeah, there's definitely a place for that. And I'm hoping maybe like on the Disney um the the app or whatever that they might have something like that that'd be great um my other thing was walt disney world vacation videos you know they used to give these on vhs and they they would have like interviews with real people like real couples in the park and then they would show all this footage from all the rides and it was so cool and now i don't even think they do the free vacation dvds anymore no we sell them oh we sell them in Camera Center under Spaceship Earth for $20. Is it the same one they used to give away, or they filmed a new one? No, it is indeed the same one. Oh, wow. Really? Yes. You, oh, should, go, no you should go ask to see it next time you're there. It's behind the counter. Well, see, like as someone who didn't go to the parks as a kid, I lived for those things, because I was like living vicariously through all the people being interviewed. And uh, I don't know. Nowadays, they could make one that's so exciting with all the stuff that's going on now. You yeah. know what's needed? This is this is what's needed. And I actually, I think I messaged Derek about this a while ago. And then it just kind of nothing happened with it. But that's fine. Um, there needs to be a... Uh, <laughs> there needs to be some kind of like... For people who know absolutely nothing about Walt Disney World. Oh. Brief, concise. Here's what the Magic Kingdom is. 
in <laughs> three to five minutes. Here's some of the attractions here. Here's what to expect. Here's what magic. Here's what Epcot is. Boom, boom. Because I can't tell you the number of people that ask me. They're like, oh, which park should we go to? We know we've never been. We know nothing about any of them. And it's oh, like, yeah. Oh, man. Tell me about well, it. Where do I start? You know, but if I could just be like, here, watch this. Here's in three. And they're not going to watch something that's more than five minutes, you know. But I'll be like, yeah. here's, a, here's a little three-minute video about what the Magic Kingdom is. Here's some of the attractions. Here's the highlights. Boom, boom, boom. Does that look good? Nope. Okay, well, here's Epcot. Here's what to expect. <laughs> boom, 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 you know. Yeah. I, I love guests who think Disney World is just the castle. And they, <laughs> they come up to me and they go, where's Disney World? It's like, you're, you are, you're there. They say, no, where's, where's Disney World? Where's the castle? I'm like, that's, okay, interesting. But, yeah. I couldn't tell if you were saying MK or MK like Magic Kingdom. That's when you say it's up. It's just up I four a little bit. Uh, yeah, change the name to Universal. Have fun. <laughs> yeah, the, and yes, guests. I love guests. <laughs> hey, they pay your bills. Don't forget that. Absolutely. Mm. I just said yeah, I love them. Yeah, that's true. That's why I want you to keep remembering how much you love. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so my answer, I'm going to go, um, this says, when I was in elementary school, see, Brandon, back in the day, we had these things called television sets, and they used to be on these rolly carts that they would go from, um, room to room. We didn't have smart boards back in, back in the day. And, uh, when you walked into music class and one of these giant televisions that weighed about 35 pounds was sitting on uh, one of those carts. You knew it was going to be a good day because you were watching Disney sing-along VHSs. Yes. And I miss those. Those were so good. And it was just so eclectic. And, like, you didn't know what movies they were coming from. It was just like, bam. All of a sudden, we're singing uh, Bippity Boppity Boo from Cinderella. And then the owl. Remember the random owl? Yeah. Um, I, I experienced this. Did you? I, okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This was a big thing. The bouncing Mickey heads. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they could introduce a new character as the narrator, like a lovable somebody. That would require some original thinking. That's so true. Let's, <laughs> let's dial it back. So I remember the one... I, <laughs> I remember the one VHS I had. Had a couple songs that I learned because I owned the VHS. But for years, I was like, I have no idea what this is from. Like, as far as I knew, they made it up for the VHS. One was Zippity Doodah from Song of the South. I was like, <laughs> yeah. why is this happy gentleman singing this song? And then the other one I found out just recently is from Little Mermaid 2. Oh, no, I man. thought it was from, or no, 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 it was from Little Mermaid, the, the animated TV show. Well, okay. <laughs> yeah, because I was thinking they just made up this extra, you know, sort of like a deleted scene song from Little Mermaid. But just recently I, I heard the song. I was like, what in the world? And I found out it was from the TV show. But you can even expand that a little bit. You can now put in maybe some of the Broadway performances in these uh, sing-alongs as well. I think it would be uh, they... amazing. They do this on, have you seen these on YouTube? Because they do make lyric videos on YouTube of all of the songs, but you can't like actually like follow the words because it's like the words are so like artsy and sideways and mm -hmm. in the snow. And it's like, yes. it's like that stuff. And so they do that, but it's like not like karaoke where like you could 
like actually read the words and sing along. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. They released them when Frozen debuted on Broadway. Yeah. 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 Oh my gosh. Not great. This is like Disney already has the footage. All they have to do is add words to the bottom of the screen and they can make money off of it. I don't know why they're not doing it. I'm hoping these things come about with the with the Disney positive cuz that would be great. Mhm. Well, mine was still in the parks cuz I guess that's what my mindset is all the time. Uh and things like the Muppets like Mobile Lab and Push the trash can for no reason. I just liked little entertainment things like that in the park that were just like sporadic and seemingly random that you could just be like walking by and see like that happening over to the side or like uh, you throw something away and the trash can like screams at you and then like follows you like that's that's the stuff that I miss in the park but I feel like like just that sporadic stuff where it's not planned like that's the minute it's not on the times guide it's kind of there I miss stuff like that but I know that that's never coming back. So uh, now, wait, Jeremy and I saw the Muppet Mobile Lab like a year ago. We caught it in Future World. It's gone now. You're nodding. Okay. <laughs> it's not an audio. It's an audio podcast. It's, I mean, it's not a. It's a. Uh, <laughs> it's it's not on the uh, Times Guide. Okay. Um, and I remember last year, very briefly, they introduced that robot in Tomorrowland that looked like he was on a Segway I can. He got into some trouble. Oh yeah. snap. He w- he was giving out fast passes to Space Mountain for guests all day. And I guess that was a big problem. And uh he kept like trying to take guests into the queue. And the cast members <laughs> working the queue were like, stop. <laughs> he didn't <laughs> he didn't stop. Well, you know who you still can meet? Divine. So, don't say Disney doesn't still do this. Let me tell you, I saw Divine just uh, like two weeks ago, and I stopped for a good ten minutes, and I made sure to stay far enough away that people couldn't tell that I was purposely watching her. Because the way she scares the crap out of people is so entertaining (laughs) to me. That's true. (laughs) I love it. It amazes me that they're always people like at least 10 people just watching her i don't know i mean i guess it is special but i'm like how long have you been standing there just watching people will watch her and then they kind of walk away because she kind of like freezes and that's kind of like everybody's cute like keep on going and so she waits for the next victims and i mean i giggled like a schoolgirl for like 20 minutes just watching <laughs> her scare the crap out of people it was fun yeah and push push's little brother is still an electric umbrella Sometimes, oh, when you when you throw things away, it will scream at you. <laughs> By the uh, way, I love that. Only at Walt Disney World is that entertaining and endearing. Anywhere else, <laughs> if a trash can yelled at you, you'd <laughs> crap your pants. <laughs> That's true. A lot of times, he's not on because he's very loud and annoying. <laughs> I think Push was before our time going to the park because I've always heard about Push the talking trash can, but I never saw him. I want to say I saw him once. I think he was kind of being phased out there towards the end. And apparently that was another thing that we, that they didn't own, I guess. That was like another third party that was controlling that, so. Man, the Muppet Mobile Lab was delightful. Uh, yeah. Gosh. 
Another thing we never saw, Derek, it was Lucky the dinosaur. It's that true. kind of went away. Same idea, though. Yeah. Uh, I've seen videos, but I haven't. Yeah. You would hate it. <laughs> it's still not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this has been fun. A good Mad Q party, gentlemen. Uh, Brandon, before we go, do you want to tell our listeners where they can find you? Is there anything you want to plug? Uh, You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Brandon A. Hawkins. Well, there you go. Listeners, go find him. Uh, You can always find us on Twitter and Instagram as well at Mad Chatters. And on Facebook, send those emails to comments at madchatters.net. Brandon, thanks for joining us. It was a pleasure having you. Hey, remember. Thanks so much for having me. If you're at Epcot and you see Brandon, chase him around for half the park, yelling yeah. his name and waving. He's that's what he really likes. Yeah, follow me and uh, tweet to at WDW today and tell them that <laughs> I did something amazing. And um, yeah, please. And if you want to use a hashtag, I don't something like cast compliment or something. If you want, it'd to do be that. preferred, but it's not necessary. Gotcha. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, listeners, we'll see you back here in a couple weeks. Take a little time to find the magic in every day. <laughs> <laughs>